Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 60. And then like the fireworks shoot up behind me, 60. And it'll be even bigger fireworks for episode 100 when we get there. We're coming. We're doing it. Get excited. I'm excited. But I'm also excited about today. This one has been one that just... I've been really looking forward to this. So uh, my guest today, he is the owner of Nisi Knights Tent Crusades, Crusaders. He is the board member uh, for AK Ministries with Chris Elisha and David Schramm. And he's also currently spearheading the Trail of Joy Tour. That's what I'm talking about. It's my guest today, Rylan Redeemed Hickman. What up? Hey. Dude. Yeah, so we met uh, on the Trail of Joy Tour uh, here in Salem, Oregon and or kaiser oregon technically and yes yeah, kaiser <laughs> yeah i know i can't you know i was trying to simplify but it was kaiser um yeah <laughs> so uh yeah but it was great it was great meeting you you got an insane passion and fire and i love it so yeah. perfect for elijah fire yeah elijah so, fire <laughs> yeah so before we get started i wanted to ask how can you put redeemed in it rylan redeemed hickman tell us a story about that that's that's interesting. Uh, God changed my name. Uh, he told me when I got saved and when I encountered the Lord that everything that I was used in the world with, that he would redeem it and use me for the glory of God in. Sweet. So there's it. still a lot of uh, promises that are yet to be fulfilled with that, but I'm, I'm excited about mm. it. But that that's that's the backstory on that. Mm. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so but why don't you tell people a little bit of who you are? Because obviously I got introduced to you through our mutual friend, Crystal Elisha. Um, and you know, she said so many great things about you and, uh, and then I finally got to meet you myself and, and I was like, I concur. Yes. So, so why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? So, uh, my name's Rylan redeemed. Um, I'm, uh, you know, ex drug addict, got saved, got set free, delivered, uh, just was on fire for God early on. Uh, you know, when I was in treatment, uh, everybody would be talking about the things of the world and, and, uh, you know, girls and women and all these other things. And, and I was in the, I was in the laundry room folding clothes and anointing their clothes <laughs> and, and, and exactly. fasting and praying. So I just yeah. like early on, I just got set ablaze for the gospel, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really dedicated my life to solitude with him sitting and waiting on his presence. Uh, just, I, I, I just fell madly in love with Jesus, uh, early on. And, uh, you know, so my my journey into becoming a minister was interesting. That's kind of what the topic of, of today is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, kind of lonely. Uh, uh, I had to face a lot of rejection, a lot of mm-hmm. fears. Uh, I had to overcome my 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 anger, my emotions, uh, things like that. Uh, and then God birthed this tent ministry through me and uh you know, I, uh, I I was in a religious church for a long time when I first became a Christian, and uh, I felt really rejected because the way I talked about Jesus isn't the way other people would talk about <laughs> Jesus, man. And so I was just like, I was in this lonely place, like, and and I was talking to God, and I was like, God, why 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 every time I try to talk about you know the revelation of who you are, people talk about going to Frisch's and. So I just went through this lonely place uh, in, uh, get, of getting set free from religion. And uh, God really started healing the trauma in my heart in that place. And then he finally uh, relocated me into uh, Krista's and, and David's church. And uh, 
I got really planted and rooted there. And God's just been elevating not just me, but everybody in that ministry ever since. It's mm. it's been a beautiful process to watch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, yeah. man. Well, let's get into it, man. Like what yeah. what's on your heart to share? I mean, I've, I obviously know. Uh, yeah. but let's just let's get into it. What's in your heart to share? Really about the millennial generation, obviously. Yes. Uh, which you and I are a part of. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So so God God's really highlighting the millennial generation to me. Uh, he told me that it would be a generation of firebrands mm -hmm. and that they would be raised in the desert by God himself and that no man shall get glory for what he's going to do through through the millennials. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the 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 fire that they carry, it's it's uh, it's 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 different, man, because God always you see God always bring in a reformation. I almost would uh, connect it to the remnant, Jeff, yeah. honestly. Okay, like the yeah. millennial generation is the remnant of, of reformation in the church right now. Mm. Meaning, meaning like, you know, not, not to, and I want to make it clear that I'm not like comparing, I don't want any comparison with the millennial generation to another because all generations are, have a purpose in God. Mm -hmm. But when, when there needs a reformation, God always keeps uh 7,000. <laughs> it, it's funny. The name of your show is uh, Elijah fire. Uh, in, in, in first Kings 19, it talks about a, a man named Elijah. Okay. So he starts like, you know, destroying all the prophets of Baal. He starts, you know, he calls down fire onto the sacrifice. He's like, man, you know, it's not even enough to just call down fire on wood. I want you to pour water on it. So he just had this zeal. Mm -hmm. And then when, when, when he did this, uh, there was a woman named Jezebel. You guys, I'm sure it's, it's a familiar story, yeah. but there's a woman named Jezebel who comes and intimidates him. And then he goes into this cave or, or solitude. I call it solitude. And, and he speaks with God there or an angel of the Lord comes to him. And he's like, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah's, you know, he's in this pit of pity party. And I, I like to connect this with, with the, what's happening in the body where, where God is raising these millennials up and in, in, in the secret place, because like, they get intimidated, like people in intimidate them or, or are intimidated by them, to be honest. And, mm -hmm. and so they, they feel rejected, but really it's the hand of God on them. Mm -hmm. And I hope I'm speaking to somebody tonight, too, that has been experiencing that rejection and that fear and loneliness. Like, is there any more like me in the earth? This is what Elijah was saying. Mm -hmm. And so so Elijah's in this cave an angel feeds him food twice. And then he 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 asked Elijah, and Elijah said, he said, Oh, I'm just so jealous for the Lord or zealous for the Lord. So the Lord began to speak to me about the millennials. They'll be marked by zeal, they'll be marked by fire, and they'll be uh marked with long suffering. And and so, and and what I what I mean by long suffering is the ability to pursue God even in the midst of opposition, mm. right? So like yeah. There's going to be a lot of opposition no matter what we do as a, as a Christian, but mm -hmm. there, the enemy is really opposing the millennial generation because he mm -hmm. knows uh, what's ahead of them. Yeah. And so then, then God speaks and he says, Elijah, I want you to come up the mountain. So Elijah obeys God after he feeds. And it says it was 40 days and 40 nights. He was preparing him because he knew the journey was great. And so Elijah comes up the mountain and then and then God, it says when he started to go up the mountain, God passed him up. Right. So God passed him up. And then 
Elijah encounters these earthquakes and this strange, strange fire and strange shakings. And it says the Lord wasn't in any of them. And I was like, I thought I marveled at that for a minute. I'm like, God, what are you, what are you saying here? And uh, God spoke to me that, that God has to bring us through that testing, that process of, of testing where he passes us up. He goes ahead of us mm-hmm. and we encounter the, the, the strange fire, the, the false prophetic movement. You know, all these false things that the enemy is trying to deceive our generation with. Mm-hmm. And so Elijah had to hear the still soft voice of God. And it says that when he heard the still soft voice, he goes to the top of the mountain and God speaks to him there. And then he's having a pity party again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've had my pity parties. I I've, never, I've never had a pity, pity party. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I've had... I'm totally playing. <laughs> But I've had many pity parties with God. But Elijah's having a pity party. He's like, I'm zeal- I'm zealous for the Lord again. He's saying that. He said, they've killed all your all, all the prophets with the sword. And and so then then uh God commands Elijah to go. He after he 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 obeys God, he sends him back down the mountain. And this is this is what the spirit and power of Elijah is that's on the millennial generation. They're walking in the mantle of John the Baptist in the spirit and power of Elijah. And so what he commands him to do is go appoint uh, Haziel to be king of Syria. He go, he says appoint, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Jehu to, to be king of Israel. And he appoints Elisha to, to, to become a prophet in his place. And so like the millennial generation, they're not so concerned about titles or, it, you know, importance. Uh, just like Elijah, they're so zealous for God that they're willing to pass the torch. Hmm. They're re- they're willing to father others and train them up and equip them. And uh, God had to take us through that process so that we can anoint the Jehus and the Elishas that are coming after mm, us. That's good. Because that's, that's really good. the Gen-, Gen Z generation. Yeah. They're the Jehus. Uh, Jehu, it, it says when he killed a, a Jezebel, it says that he just told the eunuchs, he's like, throw her down off the balcony. Yeah. And so they're like, bloop, they throw her down. Yeah. And then it says right after that, I thought this was the funniest scripture ever, too. He says, it, it, Jehu went and had meat and drink afterwards. <laughs> so so you much, see, it's, it's such a guy thing to do, too, you know. It is. He's like, I'm going to go have a steak and a glass of wine, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Elisha, so these millennial generation uh, will raise up the Elishas who – who will leave their jobs. These, this generation is going to be so on fire. It's just going to be like, like the millennials, Mm. but these guys, they'll lay down their jobs, their workplaces to chase after God. Mm -hmm. Just like Elisha did. He burned the plow. He's like, he's like, okay. Soon as Elijah came down the mountain, he threw his mantle on him and uh, says that he was like, he just immediately was like, I'm done. He had 12 oxen. He, he, he goes and he like kills all the oxen, burns them up. And feeds his family and says bye, you know. And and uh, you know, family is important, but I'm telling you, the, this next generation, they will be so so about the work of the Lord, like they're just going to be so on fire for God. And uh, another thing about the uh, the Gen Z generation is the mantle of Elisha, Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha will be on them. Mm-hmm. And just like he heard, he, it says he heard what the king of Syria was doing in his bedroom. So the, the next generation after us, they'll be marked by this, this powerful word of knowledge where they'll even hear what people are saying in their own bedrooms. They're going to be so in tune with the spirit that uh, 
they're they're gonna they're gonna hear they're just gonna know they're just gonna be zealous for the lord uh and it's exciting mm-hmm. but but god had to bring us like uh, our, us millennials through that process of yeah. complete dependency on god alone yeah i think that's a really profound um you know revelation too because yeah. it is it is true a lot of us uh, you know are byproducts of divorce uh mm-hmm. broken homes yeah uh, of you know parents you know, one at one time, another at another time being distant. And that's not a one size fits all thing, but right. there is a lot in a lot of millennials. A lot of my friends that I know even have, have suffered from that have suffered mm-hmm. from a lack of, Hey, this is how you fear the Lord. This is how you be a man. And you fear the Lord. This is how yeah. you, you know, at, from, from a father to a son, you know, whatever the case may be. And so yeah. as a result, there have been those moments of going, Oh, but I'm not like, uh, I'm not like so-and-so and so has their parents and they're godly and they're, you know, and I don't have that or, you know, I don't have, and I mean, that's, I'm not, my mom is great. She's a godly woman, you know, yeah. um, but, um, and my dad did the best he could as well. So I'm not bashing them or anything. I'm just saying I've had those moments, you need those moments of comparison where your parents are maybe together, you know, when my parents weren't or whatever the case may be. And, right, yeah. and, and having to to really it, there has been these moments of feeling like being raised up in the desert being raised up in in that you know being raised up by the lord to be shown these things and and god in his grace i'm sure you have as well god has brought other mentors that have helped me get to where god needed me to be um but a lot of it has been it has felt like the desert you know and then you you have those moments of pity those pity parties with yeah. god you know <laughs> it's um, so true <laughs> yeah yeah, for sure. So, um, so I mean, obviously, we do have a lot of millennials and even Gen Z that have a lot of trauma as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it could be, uh, it could be church abuse, it could be spiritual abuse, it could be physical abuse, it could be, you know, whatever that is. But what it, what do you see God doing in terms of healing that trauma? Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's breaking us free, like, uh, from the, from the, the orphan spirit, uh, the orphan spirit is like, is, is so important to be broke free from. And he uses it. Uh, I don't want to say God releases trauma, but God allows things to happen to bring us closer to him. Mm-hmm. And so like with my trauma, like when, when all this stuff was happening with the church and I felt, uh, I almost felt just uh, exiled, honestly. I felt exiled, you know, and I, I, people didn't understand my heart. They didn't understand the gifting on my life. And, and in that place of like pity and that place where that trauma that, you know, you're, you're being triggered with all the trauma, like the rejection. Mine, mine was like, uh, rejection, uh, fear, uh, loneliness. Uh, you know, I, I felt the need to have to be heard. And if somebody didn't hear me right, then I felt, I felt like they were just throwing me off to the side. And uh, through all that, though, like I, I, I found the Lord in that, you know, mm-hmm. I found the Lord in the secret place. And like yeah. uh, it, it God, God said, you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, mm-hmm. Song of Solomon one says that he kisses you with the kisses of his mouth. And and so, like, I started understanding that uh, I, church wasn't church. Honestly, I heard this preacher say this. I'm going to say this before I say what I was going to say. This preacher said this, and it's so uh, it's confrontational. It is, but but this is what we need. Uh, he says, 
I don't go to church to get fed. It is the first thing he says to the church he's preaching at. And it and it's true because if we go to church to get fed, then we're only going to have one meal a week and we mm-hmm. can't live off one meal a week. Mm-hmm. So I started to learn that like I, I church wasn't a place that I went to go get fed. It was a place that I went to fellowship with the saints of God and in and, 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 uh, and worship, you know. Mm-hmm in a congregation where I could worship the Lord with, with my brother and sister. Well, that definitely shifts your focus too. That's for sure. You know, if you're going just to get fed, yeah, like you said, one meal a week, you know, you're pretty, pretty, your spirit is pretty starved um, by the time you get back there, if you get back there and, you know, but if your focus is legitimately fellowship and communing with people, it really does. That's a major uh, shift in focus. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, I, there was the time and when I was in the, re, in religion, rooted in religion in this church where I, I told God, I said, Lord, I said, if you don't give me a sign today, I'm going to leave this church. And, uh, mm. and he's like, why are you going to leave the church? Rylan? And I said, cause I'm not being fed. And so I- immediately in worship, I go into worship and I, I'm a, I'm a worshiper, you know, I, I'm worshiping the Lord and I go into this open vision. And this snake forms in the pulpit and it, and it had, you know, have you ever seen a uh, jungle book where the snake with the eyes that go, it rotates, mm-hmm. it, it started to do that. And I watched the congregation, like, look at this snake. And, uh, and I was like, and, and I, I know the Bible pretty well, uh, from my wilderness season, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm a Bible nerd. Yeah. Uh, so the Lord gave me numbers 21 and, and when the people were in the wilderness, it says they were complaining about the food they were being fed. And, and God began to speak to me about honor and he started to teach me about honor. And uh, in fact, it was my answer that I wasn't supposed to leave, that I was supposed to, you know, be able to be transparent inside the church and out. You know, he started training me in this, like where I can go into a place. And and even though that I feel my my uh, trauma being triggered in there, I can still worship the Lord freely. And he started delivering me from the fear of man. Because in Numbers 21, it said that when they started to complain, he said the Lord sent the snakes into the camp and it started to bite the Israelites. And then the only way they would be healed is if they looked at the snake that Moses formed, the brass serpent. And so so like uh, John chapter three, verse 14 says, even even as the, the, the brass serpent was lifted in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up to draw all men on town. Mm-hmm. And so God commanded me not to leave, and I and I stayed there, and I still felt isolated. I still f- I felt like I was in solitude. But God started to train me through all that, and He was breaking me of the orphan spirit, mm. you know, where I, where I have to just completely depend on the Lord. Like we have to come to a place where where we're not we're not you know we we don't live off what man says, but we live off what God kisses us with every morning in the secret mm-hmm. place. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the food that will get you through. That's the food that Elisha ate before he went up the mountain. <laughs> mm, he started yeah. to eat. The, he, he, even Jesus, he said, I have food you know not of. Mm-hmm. What food's he talking about? He's talking about spiritual food. You know, mm-hmm. he's talking about that spiritual food. That's And he he said that right before he went into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Here, Here's the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into temptation. Like. We have to be prepared by, by the by the spiritual food we eat to be led into temptation even. Mm. And so so God yeah. just started teaching me all this stuff through experience. And, and these millennials, that's why they'll be so powerful, because they're being taught by experience, not by what a man is saying. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of, uh, like before the show, we were talking about how a lot of a lot of millennials, mo- I would say all millennials probably, and then all of Gen <laughs> Z, we just want authenticity. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not wowed by labels. We're not wowed by um, you know accolades. Um, I'm spe- speaking specifically about the things of God. Now there are obviously people that are of the world that are in the millennial generation that are wowed by those things, but yeah. specifically when it comes to the things of God. We just want the real. We just real want deal. give me, give me it straight. Like I want to see. I, I mean, really, what started my my pursuit of um, the deeper things of God was, I mean, you can't read any sensible person can't read the Gospels, and then have hear Jesus read Jesus saying greater things than these will you do, and then looking right. at your life and being like. Does my life look like that? You know, and <laughs> right. and I got bothered, really bothered. And I started looking around at my life at the time. And the Lord started really speaking to me and stripping down all these man-made structures I had set up yeah. in my own life, you know, um, and uh, was even at the time was even flirting with progressive Christianity, like all that stuff. And he started showing me my life. He showed me the life, life of my my coworkers. And he said, how does your life look different than theirs? Wow. How, and, and it was like, I couldn't answer it. I mean, obviously I wasn't, I wasn't partying. I wasn't doing anything like that, but in terms of the, the, the way I talked, my interests, the things that I chose to engage in conversations with these people didn't look any different, didn't right. look different enough. And uh, man, it was like a major, just like repentance um, yeah. And it really started me down the path that led me to what I'm doing right now, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, that's kind of, that's so similar to my story. Like mm-hmm. we, we all have those stories, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's God, like, you know, you have those small revelations in moments where you're like, and then conviction of the Holy spirit comes upon you and you're like, man, this got to change. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like you're, you're just like me, Jeff, uh, I, I don't care about, you know, hype. I don't care about, you know, the limelight. I want the real deal. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm an ex-drug addict. And so can I make an ex-drug addict joke? Sure, okay? why not? <laughs> well, well, I, I, I look at it like this. I don't want the cut dope. I want yeah. the real. Yeah. You know, just like if, if you're, you know, you're in addiction, you don't want yeah. some junk dope. It's right. the same way with God. Like that's, yeah. I, I, I want real. I want, mm-hmm. I want God's presence. I mm-hmm. want, I want his love. I want his, his touch. I want to be able to mm-hmm. smell him. I want to be able to see him, you know? And so yeah. that, that's, that's what our generation's hungry for, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it shows, you know, maturity, at least enough spiritual maturity at that time for you when y- you were like, if I don't, if I don't get signed, I'm out, I'm piecing out of this church. Yeah. And God was like, why would you leave? And I think that it, it takes a, a large degree of, of maturity within yourself to be able to receive a word from the Lord like that, to be like, no, yeah. stay, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, cause it's not, what can they do for me? It's what can I do for them? And that any good yeah. relationship, if you have two people doing that, and this can work on a, a microbial level between a man and a woman, or it yeah. can work or even in a friendship, um, but also on a, a macro scale in the body of Christ. But if, if, if both parties, are serving one another, man, you're, you're set. 
Yeah. You know, like, and um, it's like marriage, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so if you look at that on a macro scale on the body in the body of Christ, if we go there to serve, if our, if our objective is not, what can I get out of this? And we've all done it. We've all been like, uh-huh. Oh, I hope I get something good from this. <laughs> this, this church has a lot to prove, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's huge. That's huge. Another, another little nugget that God showed me about the millennial generation. Uh, he showed me like, you know, the story of David, you know, uh, you know, you have Saul who, who, who rises up into his kingship and he has, he has a level of disobedience and God strips him, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're looking for this like hot shot King, you know, they're looking for, you know, uh, the, the, the tall look, you know, and he's handsome and, and he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah and and so like you know uh samuel goes to to find the man that god is highlighting to him and he goes to uh jesse and and all all of his brothers they're like nope that's not it you know and these men were probably you know men that were like highlighted by their community like all oh, these guys man they're they're mm-hmm. awesome they're rock stars mm-hmm. you know but then there's this kid in the in the in, in the in the sheep pasture and and but the, but what 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 they don't show you in the Bible what what I think it was what was going on was God was training him how to kill the lion and the bear there. Mm-hmm. He was trained in that place of being a shepherd by the Lord. And when he was anointed king, he still in his humility he still tended to the sheep. And that's that's the the millennial generation too. Like you know, they're being trained by God Himself. So so when the time comes where Goliath comes or something tries to rear its ugly head, we know how to sling that slingshot, man, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yeah. that's, 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 uh, it's, it's amazing how, how much better God is at training us than man. And, uh, and then, and then, you know, when he rises into his kingship, you know, or as, you know, Saul's trying to kill him, he doesn't, he could have killed Saul. He goes up and snips his mantle off, you know, he snips yeah. him and he shows him, he's like, look, I could have killed you, but he honored the anointing on Saul. And I think that's what God was testing me with in the church. Would I honor the man of God or would I be like, I'm not being fed in my pity party and choose to, to, to leave. And I learned a whole lot through that experience, you know, like uh, it's so important to honor and, and it's so important for your honor, your leaders to honor the people underneath you too. Sure. The kingdom flows through honor. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what's happened uh, in the church it, it, to a measure. And I'm not saying all churches at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that you know, so, uh, the Saul spirit. You see these young on fire Christians, and I, this is what I asked God. I said, "Why won't they have no part in in people who are on fire for God? They see the anointing on them." And he was like, "He's like, I'm going to tell you the secret." And and I said, "Okay, Lord, I'm ready." He said, "These men of God, they look at you, and they're like, that's going to be a case." It's going to be too much. Oh. <laughs> it's going to take up too much of your time because, because honestly, dude, we're, we're on fire. You know, we're raw. We come from, you know, hard, hard lives and, you know, not all millennials, even, even millennials that grew up with good fathers and mothers, they still had it hard. I mean, Tupac and Biggie came out when we was mm-hmm. young, you know, and then all of a sudden the party lifestyle just comes yeah. on the, on the scene. And, uh, you know, it was cool to be rebellious. It was, mm-hmm. if you look at our lifestyle growing up, you know, it was cool to be rebellious. Like, and so even in the church, I mean, I, I wasn't a part of the church when I was that age, but I'm sure, you know, there was a bit of rebellion then too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah. he, he's training as an honoring our leaders. And in that way, 
it, it the Luke 117 effect will come in. The the return of the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children's back to the father. And I think part of the reason I, I think when they start to see the fruit on the millennial generation, which is happening right now, you're seeing it manifest. Mm-hmm. I think when they start to see that fruit, those fathers will come back alongside, which I've seen in my own personal life. Like I have a spiritual father now. He's ordaining me in the ministry. Awesome. And dude, he doesn't try to to lord over me. You know, he doesn't try to control who I am in God. He doesn't, you know, oh, that's a little too much, Rylan, or or. That's a little sketchy. No, he just he just kind of shepherds me and leads me to Jesus and like believes in me. Mm-hmm. And that's all we ever wanted was that father figure in the faith, right? Who mm-hmm. just believed in us and 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 just come alongside of us and and help us develop, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. So if there's people right now that and yeah. this is this was a little bit of a, a topic yesterday too, but it's, so it's interesting that it's coming up again. But if there are people who are in are in trauma still um, say they're part of the younger generation, one of the younger generations. And by the way, all of my baby boomers and gen Xers, you're part of this too. Okay. Yes. It's not just, we're not singling out, you know, millennials and, and Gen Z. I mean, we are, but, um, uh, but everybody in this move of God, it's something I've stressed a lot is like, yes, God is highlighting millennials right now. However, everybody is a part of this move yeah. and a, a, a pr- word I released, I think two weekends ago now um, was uh, it was all about how um, it's all about how God is, is actually highlighting baby boomers and even many people in the gen X generation to shepherd millennials to to be their fathers and mothers to 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 be their spiritual fathers and mothers and and i said keep your eyes open because god is going to use you and take people under you don't sit there and be like oh i'm not cool enough to talk to those skater kids but if lord is prompting you be that person in their lives they need it you know and so um and i thought that was a good word that's that's very powerful because Because the spirit of comparison will try to get us to compare to one another, like generation to generation. The Lord has a purpose for all of our generations. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, that the 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 like the millennials need the baby boomers and, and the Gen X's wisdom that they carry, their experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't be offended if if I love when when elders and 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 you know deacons of the church come and pour into me. Uh, it, it's, I really actually listen. I just want to, if anybody's on here, that's a baby boomer or a gen X, I want you to know that like, I have really valued conversations that I've had with your generation. Absolutely. And you guys carry a mantle too, as well. Like it's powerful. Like you carry a, I just want to speak this prophetically if I can, Please. that you guys carry a covering anointing over, over generations. There's a generational anointing for you guys to cover and co- come alongside and help build up. And, and you're very important to, to the body of Christ. Mm. And, and, and Gen, uh, uh, you know, millennial generation, we're waiting for them. We're waiting mm. for them to, lo- to lock shields, you know, because we're more powerful together, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And God is going to break the spirit of co- competition and comparison Amen. when this happens in Amen. a powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something else that I had said in that word too was that 
generations, you know, for the in the past, it's been very clan based. Where it's like, okay, it was your turn, now it's our turn. Okay, it was your turn, now it's our turn. We don't want anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah. And something when I was talking to Steve Schultz, the founder of the Elijah List, and he um, he had said that he just doesn't have any gauge for that. He said when he grew up in the you know the sixties, uh, it was very much a you know they didn't want anything to do with the the previous you know their parents generation they're like no we can do it ourselves and he said it's been a really weird shift to see millennials actually say like teach me like what do you like i want to know what you know like i want to and and i see that as a huge blessing because we talk about history repeating itself well that's if we don't glean from the previous generation if we don't sit at their feet that's how history repeats itself. all the bad stuff. I'm talking about all the bad yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's how you get that cyclical thing where the Satan gets people in this trap. You know, he gets a country yeah. in a trap or a generation in a trap, you know, or a family in a trap where they just, it's a cyclical behavior where it just keeps repeating itself over and over again, especially if you allow trauma to fuel, yeah. that's how it works. It's like you, okay. in, you instantly get on these train tracks that just, they, they, Satan is real good at making it look like they're different train tracks, but the same yeah, ones. Yeah. You just go around <laughs> in, in circles, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. That's that's why that's why it's very important for the, this generation. It's it's going to be marked by the fire of God, it, but it's going to the secret place. I can't pound this in more than anything. Like it is the highest honor to go into prayer, like. Uh, you have to pray like you you can't you can't just you know declare and 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 listen to a, a like a youtube sermon i i do i do all i do live streams and stuff and it's mm-hmm. it, it's powerful sometimes but you have to like i said you have to get that that kiss in the morning from the lord mm-hmm. because that's how the the trauma's healed you know the trauma's healed you because when the trauma's still there jeff I know for me, when the trauma was still there, when I would get around powerful men of God that were older, you know, in, in a different generation, I would feel like I would feel pressure. I would feel I would feel choked. I would feel like yep. suffocated yep. and like I wouldn't know how to talk to them, mm-hmm. you know. And but but that's that's what God does in the secret place with our generation is he starts to heal that trauma. He starts to give us awareness of what triggers our trauma. And he starts to give us awareness on how the devil pounces on us through it. Like he, he and suspicion is one of the number one things. Like, you know, a millennial generation, we are a suspicious generation. We're always suspicious <laughs> of everything. I don't know, know about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so, so you got all this suspicion and you're just trying to wade through like, what is God and what is the enemy? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we'll never, we'll never like, cause Jesus, when, when we get with him alone, that's when he starts fathering over us. Like, you know, the he starts pouring in the word of God. The only thing that it says, uh, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get in that that daily routine. And, and it started out with me, Jeff. I want to testify on this because mm-hmm. this is important. This is where I've seen tr- like tremendous breakthrough in my life is what, you know, I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find what I was looking for, or what my heart was zealous for in the church. So I did start watching YouTube sermons and the Lord led me to follow guys like like Eric Gilmore and all these people who who really had developed prayer lives uh, like. And so I started following these guys and I started to learn how to wait on the Lord. Mm. And when I when I found that everything shifted in my That's entire huge. life. Yeah, it's so huge. And, and, and it didn't happen overnight either. 
it was a discipline that I developed over time where, where I started to understand that when I would wait on God, my, I would pay attention to my mind. God was like, I want you to listen to your mind. I want, I want you to, I want you to really pay attention here. And I would notice how my mind would try to plan my day or, you know, it would try to just take my attention away from, from waiting on God. And, and, and I didn't pray with many words at first. I just, I was just literally waiting on him, almost like I'm in a waiting room, just wow. waiting on the presence of okay. God. And so as I, I would sit there, I would notice my mind think, oh, well, I got this to do today. Or I got this bill to pay. Uh, I'd get a scratch on my arm. My son would start crying in the crib. Uh, just it, but but there was times where like God was like my son would be and I'm just going to be honest. Uh, OK, my son would be crying in the crib and God was like, no, don't get up. Hmm. I know that's hard to understand, but. But when you start to pay attention to his voice, he leads us and, and he starts to mark us with glory. And and I would. And then when I would obey God, my son would just start stop crying. And I would go into just uh, just crazy encounters with God where wow. I experience angels and manifestations of his glory. There was a time where, where my wife was about to leave me, Jeff, and I was getting ready to go use. I was getting ready to throw in the towel. I'm like, listen, I, this faith thing, just not for me. And God's like, go home now or you'll never have a chance again. Wow. And so I, I obey him. I go home and he's like, I, I, w- I don't want you to go to work. I don't want you to do anything. I, he said, lock your door and I want you to stay in here for seven days and pray and I will deal with it all. So I did this and, you know, I'm crying watching, you know, <laughs> I think I may even this is back in the day when I when I smoked and everything. I was still yeah. like rough around the edges mm-hmm. and I sit there smoking a cigarette, like praying, crying out to God, literally in my house and on the seventh day, it was the most craziest experience I've ever had. Uh, I, I just started it, my joy or my morning turned into joy and I started dancing in my living room, dude. And and so I'm dancing in my living room, just praising God. And all of a sudden, the, the kabod, the weighty presence of God comes into my living room and I fall on my face. I couldn't even get up. I mean, it was wow. so thick and so heavy. I couldn't even get off the floor. And so I'm like, I'm like crawling, like praying in tongues, crawling on my floor. And so I'm like, God, what is going on? And and so I look up and every inch of my walls, and I'm not even joking. My wife will testify to this. I have pictures. Every inch of my wall, there was oil dripping down my walls. Hmm. Manifest glory. I'm talking about visible manifest presence of God in my house. And it was because I was obedient and and, and it all came through waiting on him. When you tarry before the Lord, God, I feel the anointing when I'm talking about it. Oh, yeah. When you tarry before the Lord, just like Jacob, he tarried there in a place for a long time and laid his head on a rock. And now all of a sudden angels descend and descend. Mm -hmm. So so I started to learn that tarry, that wait, that that process of prayer and and exchange between me and the father. And uh, so that that's what that's if you're feeling rejected, if you're feeling hurt, if you're being triggered in your trauma. God is the only person that can heal it mm-hmm. because part of the trauma and the triggering that's happening is coming from man already. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for us to relate. So God has to heal that in the secret place. Mm-hmm. I call it the bomb of Gilead. <laughs> the bomb of Gilead. Yes. It just, yeah. it, it just does something, you know? Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think that one of the reasons why you feel the, the anointing on that is because our society has this way of being like instant gratification. You want to watch a movie? Open up the stream thing and you don't even have to go anywhere anymore. You don't have to go rent a movie. You can just stay in your home. You want something? Get Uber Eats, which I mean, God bless Uber Eats. I'm not against Uber Eats. I love it too. (laughs) Yeah, but 
Um, but you know, all those things where we have everything at our disposal. Now you want it, you don't even have to wait. Um, and, and so that God is in a different gear. The Lord is in a different gear than, than the way the world is operating. And so much stuff is, is competing for our attention. And so it's like, when we, when we, I think so often we look at like, especially in our Western minds, we look at this way to go, okay, uh, I've got trauma. Okay. So X, Y, and Z, give me X, Y, and Z. This is how I'm going to do it. And, and the solution every single time when I talk to people on this show, at the end of the day, get in his presence. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now back to the show. Be silent before the Lord. Yes. Just be in his presence and wait on the Lord. Wait on, on him. Mm-hmm. And, and that is huge. And there's a lot of people who, and I actually saw this as you were talking, there's not even just like millennials and, and Gen Z, but specifically millennials, not just even them, but there yeah. are people who God has moved into God is God is in this place of, of moving pieces and moving yeah. people into different locations. And we're talking baby boomers. We're talking Gen Z. Yeah. We're talking all these people are being relocated into positions and it's almost like he's completing a circuit and he's about ready to just boom once the circuit is complete the current goes through that whole circuit everyone's exactly where they need to be for it to happen and but there are people who see the pieces they see the pieces of something god is doing and they're going okay but like i need to okay now i need to build this i need to no god is going to build it you need to be patient before the lord you need to be silent before him and let him direct your steps. God was very clear. Even when I did this, I'm in it. God was very clear. He's like, if you try to make this happen, it's going to fail. I'm the one that makes this good. You obey me one step at a time. And he would, oh. he's only been giving me the next step. He's not giving me the, okay, yeah, and yes. in a year he's, I'm going to do this and you need to do that. You know, um, that's and, so true. And it has been like, I'm talking fear of the Lord. Like, just being in his presence, just being patient, just being waiting on him, waiting on him to move. And that's, that's what this move of God is about is he's going to present those things to us. And, and obviously mm-hmm. we, all we need to do is seek his presence and he'll, he's going to do it. It's God that gets the glory because he's the yeah. one that's doing it. Right. Oh yeah. God, I've done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like yeah, uh, I can't take any credit for this. Yeah. I can't take any, like literally he has stripped me of all of that. Like when I yeah. say that, uh, man, I think a little preacher started coming out of you there, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But that, that's so true, man. Like he, he's, he's putting the pieces in place. Like I've been seeing that and, uh, man, we just, it's the Joel 2 army, you know, the Joel 2, it says that, that they all marched in cadence. They all uh, marched in formation and they did not break rank. Mm. Okay. There's, there, you know, it's not, it's not like I'm better than you or I'm less than you. It's a, it's a ranking system. Like, you know, you have the fivefold ministry. If you're an apostle and you're operating as a teacher, you're, you're just out of your element, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, that's why God has to break the spirit of co- competition and comparison too, as well, because mm-hmm. the, the army will never flow fluently until that happens. And uh, you know, they didn't break rank. It says they thrusted up the walls like mighty men, you know, 
they 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 just it says they did not thrust against one another. There's the competition, the thrusting against mm-hmm. one another. And and it says when they did that, the Lord's voice went ahead of their army. Mm. And so, like when we break rank or we thrust against one another and we're battling and comp- competing against one another, God, like God's voice, he'll he'll step back. God God is a God that will step back for a minute and let you do your little mess ups and and just mess it all up. Mm-hmm. And then it, then he'll be like, he's so graceful, you know. Yeah. He'll be like. Are you ready for me to come back now? Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for me to uh, be 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 the leader again? And, yeah. and so it, he's it's such so a merciful good. God. It's so good. And I think yeah. too, to add to that and not about comparison and God gave me this analogy a couple of months ago about, I, I thought of it in like a medieval army fashion. I, I saw it kind of like a medieval army and I saw these different units. You got like the pikesmen in the front, you got the yeah. cavalry, you got the archers, you got the 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 swordsmen you've got uh, the guys operating the siege engines yeah. in the back with the, the trebuchets and catapults and all that mm-hmm. um and it would be like us looking at different people and being like 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 the archers looking at the pikesmen and being like haha you fools your arrows are far too large you know and <laughs> and you know the you know judging all these different people and trying to get everyone to conform to a specific image no yeah. when the cavalry comes those archers are going to be very happy that the pikesmen are in front uh-huh. to stop those horses, right? Right, because they're good at it. Yeah. And then <laughs> the art, you know, as the army's charging forward, they're going to be very happy that they get those guys at the siege engines in the back hurling fireballs and all that crave boulders <laughs> over their heads, way forward, breaking down the strongholds, breaking down the, the walls of the uh-huh. enemy. So it's looking at it from that perspective of looking at our differences as strengths versus being like, Oh, that person's like, I remember when I was younger, man, anybody that I felt like was better at me than something. Suddenly I had this massive inferiority complex and then pride (laughs) would rise up in me. And then I wouldn't even want to get to know them. I wouldn't even want to get to know them as like, as a person. And, and that was a big, big thing for me to get for the Lord to deliver me of that. Um, yeah. uh, to actually be able to rejoice in our differences. And now I honestly celebrate if I don't know how to do something, man, like I, I bring somebody in who does. Come on, Yeah. You just know? get the job done. It's yeah, like, you know, like you're, on this, you're on this big job and you're trying to get it done. And you're like, man, I just wish I had somebody that knew how to do this. And right. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you've got like, a, I don't know construction very well, but you know, if you have a guy who's like building a house, but he's not really super good at elect- electrical, but you know, so you bring in the electrician to do that, all that stuff. And, and then being like, no, I can't do that because if I don't do it myself, then everyone's going to think that I'm bad at building houses, you know, and right. like joint effort. Like, so, <laughs> and there's so many moving parts yeah, just in the, the church. And then even in just this ministry that I'm a part of so many moving parts. And if yeah. I were to try to do all myself, I would just like ruin yeah. it all. So yeah, even Moses, like Moses, man, uh, God had to appoint, uh, uh, I think it was 70, 70 leaders or something. I don't know. I don't quote me on that, but Moses appointed a number of leaders. Yeah, yeah, a number of leaders. There you go. Yeah, and and it was because he was telling the Lord, you know, that in in Numbers eleven, he was like the people were complaining about the food again. You know, always complaining, like I just want some meat. And, and Moses is like, I can't do this on my own. Like he tells, he has a pity party, you know, he's like, I can't do this on my own. And then the Lord was like, okay, I'll, I'll appoint some people now. 
And so, yeah, so even Moses, you know, as great as he was, a great a man of God he was, he needed help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what else are you seeing God doing? Uh, obviously, I see a note here saying, trained to be a father. Yes. Yeah, through, through, the only way you can be trained to be a father is if you have the father's love, man, in you. And so another thing that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was yeah. almost about to overlook that. That's the most important part. It's it's the spirit and power of Elijah that John the Baptist walked in. Uh, you know, it says John the Baptist, he, he was raised in the wilderness. You know, he ate locusts and honey. He was this weird guy, probably rejected. I'm yeah. almost guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb thought, and guess that he was rejected. Yeah, Right. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but I'm sure he was. Yeah. So he comes onto the scene and then, you know, he he doesn't and what I asked God, I said, why is John the Baptist uh walking in the spirit and power of Elijah? Because you said that's to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And he said, because John the Baptist didn't try to recreate himself. Hmm. He pointed to the one who, who who is who is the father who's love, which is Jesus. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He wasn't trying to reproduce himself and 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 uh you know. And this isn't a blast to anybody, but I've I've seen a lot of a lot of things in ministry where people try to, you know, lord over people and to try to mold them into somebody that they think they should be instead of mm -hmm. allowing God. And that's what John the Baptist did. He pointed to the one. He pointed to him. His whole life he was raised in the wilderness, uh, make straight away for the Lord, and he pointed to to the Lord. And so, so the millennial generations will be fathers in a way that will point to Jesus and not to themselves. So when I, when I, when I mentor, I have a lot of mentor people I mentor now uh, spiritually, and I don't point them in the direction that I feel they should go. I don't try to mold them into somebody that they're not. I just, I just help them through their problems and, and point them to the one who can deal with it, you know? Mm, that's so good. that's, that's, that's how to father, you know, you, you know, the second Peter or is it first Peter chapter five? It says shepherd the flock, not dishonestly, but eagerly not being lords over those entrusted to you, but being yeah. examples to the flock. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's the shepherd uh, blueprint right there. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think millennials uh, through receiving such uh, grace from Abba, you know, father God mm -hmm. and being fathered by him in the secret place, they're going to have a tender love in their heart for people and training them up. Mm -hmm. So that's where I really wanted to touch on that because there's, yeah. there's many people uh, that, that are, they're out there mm -hmm. that have been struggling. They feel like they don't fit in the church. They feel like uh, I'm supposed to have, this is what I hear all the time. I'm supposed to have a spiritual father because mm -hmm. that's what society tells me. Mm -hmm. And God is not, it's not, he's not, not wanting you to have a, a spiritual father. He's wanting to father you so that he can pour out his that's love huge. into you. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So I just speak that over the millennial mm. generation. There's people that are that are really struggling with that. They're like, I just want to find a place where I can call home. And God is saying, I have you in this place that you're in for a purpose, for a reason, so I can pour my love into the place of trauma. You know, mm. one more thing on that. Yeah. When Please. Jesus, when Jesus came to, to the grave where Mary was weeping at the grave and she didn't know where his body was, she was weeping. This is during his ascension too. This is why he told Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to the father. She's sitting there weeping and, and she didn't recognize him, Jeff. She was like, mm -hmm. she's like, 
he's 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 calling her he's he's standing right there and she's like doesn't know who it is it says it right there in scripture mm-hmm. and then finally she says her name mary and she's like raboni because because uh the story of mary she people called her lilith they spoke they spoke the false identity over her but jesus poured into the place where that trauma was and he and he redeemed it my god i feel that he mm-hmm. redeemed that trauma through calling her by her name. Mm. Even with Peter, right after that, it talks about Peter. It says that when he appeared to Peter, he asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Why? I asked God why one day. He said, because he denied me three times and he he was carrying so much guilt and shame and trauma from denying me that I had to pour into the place where he had the trauma. Mm. It's so powerful when you yeah. look it deep in the scripture. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I think the, the big takeaway from this for anybody who's, who's in that place where they feel like they're in the wilderness, um, no, you have not been passed over. Oh. And I think that that's, that's a big, a big thing. No, you have not been forgotten. You have not been passed over. Continue to press into the Lord. Like that's, that's the big takeaway from this, yeah. from what just, we keep going back to that, like seek his presence, be still yeah. before the Lord. You know, um, and I think that even those people that are like trying, still trying to find out who they are, there's even millennials who are still trying to find out who they are. Yeah. Um, that is going to come through losing your life. Like that is going to come through denying yourself more of him increase, less of you. You're going to find, yeah, that person, (laughs) that person who you are God created you to be is found in him because it's rooted in him. Like, and it's like, again, you want to talk about completing a circuit. It's like, like connect that the, the two pieces connect together, the two nodes and that, that circuit completes. Like that's how it's found is, is through being in his presence. I can't emphasize that enough because that's how I, that's how I found freedom. That's Mm -hmm. how I found was delivered of my, need to perform and my need to like be, I knew I need to be a certain way. This is how I want people to see me. This is how I want to be depicted. It's like, it was letting go of all of that. And then just being in his presence, like that's that man, like that's yeah. it. That's that, it. That's it. That's the yeah. solution. Yeah. So, um, Rylan, I want to be sensitive. I want to make sure that you've got, if there's anything else you feel like you need to say, but I also wanted to give you an opportunity to pray for people as well. Yeah, I would like to pray and then we, then we can close it off. Uh, I just want wanted to, you know, te- to give my testimony on here and just because we can learn from each other's testimony mm-hmm. and our experiences. So yeah. you're not alone. I just want to speak that too. Yeah. So yeah. Lord, I just thank you, Father, right now, God, that if there's that one, Father, God, that prodigal son out there, Lord, God, if there's that prodigal son out there, God, that's, that feels rejected, that feels lonely, God, I think, I thank you, God, that you're meeting him right where he's at, Father, and that he's right where he's supposed to be, Lord, and that the Father's agape love, God, would just saturate the room that they're in, Father, right now. God, that you would begin to pour out identity, God, through your word, through through them random comments, people walking by, God, just whatever you have to do to just just bring them out of that muck and that 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 isolated place, God. Mm-hmm. Father, teach them how to wait on you, Father God. Teach the generations to wait on you. Teach them how to be dependent on your presence, God. 
Father, teach them your word, Lord. Father, give them a hunger and a fire for your word, Lord. Mm -hmm. Above anything else, you esteem it even above your name, even God. Teach them the word, Father God. Let it become the the, the bread of life in, in their life, God. And Lord, I just thank you for 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 everything you're doing with those person, them people right now, God. Mm -hmm. Those people that are crying out for a touch from you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're going to meet them right where they're at, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, mm. hallelujah. Mm, yeah, amen. Man, Thank I felt you. God's presence a lot during this, dude. Like just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this Thank is good. Lord. This Thank is great. You. So, Ryland, how can people follow you? I know you're on the socials. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my name's on here, Ryland Redeemed Hickman. I do a lot of my live broadcasts, uh, which they're kind of growing. They're they're not like huge or anything. I mean, mm -hmm. but uh, you can find me on my, my social media page there. I have a... A personal and I have a public figure page that I'm that I'm getting ready to transition to. Uh, I get a lot of like backlash from Facebook for some reason. They like to like to try to mute me. No but, surprise, uh, no surprise. Yeah. Facebook, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> but uh, so you can find me there on Facebook, uh, and uh, you can uh, go on to www.trailofjoy.com if you want to partner with that anyway. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just kind of follow uh, what the what the Trail of Joy is doing, it'll all be yeah. on that website. And then, uh, you know, uh, Nisi Knights has a Facebook page, too. It's spelled uh, Nisi Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. I have a Facebook uh, page there, too, that uh, we, we post updates and all those things on yeah. there, too. You're the guy that uh, owns that just ginormous tent. Yeah, it's pretty up. big. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge, man. It's Yeah. That's so cool. And then when the light shines on it, it like turns all red. Every, every I know. Dude, God did. God totally did that. Like, I didn't plan that at all. Yeah. Like, God's like, uh, he's like, I want you to get a red tent that's translucent and that has white trim. And I was like, okay, Lord. So I like reach out to like all these tent makers. Nobody can make that happen at all. And, and sure enough, like I, I prayed, you know, and I have a way of wrestling the Lord like Jacob. I'm not leaving mm -hmm. until you bless me, Lord. And he yeah. made it happen. So, yeah. Ryland, God bless you, buddy. Like, bless you too, man. This was great. Dude, it was an honor, man. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's our show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. God bless. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.